Well, welcome back to the second hour of the Tober Show. Later on this hour, we'll be talking with Virginia Cruda at 745 and 825. Jay Ashcroft, Secretary of State for the great state of Missouri, uh, to see what's going on with the voter reform and some initiative petitions and, oh, that pesky redistricting. I think that's water under the bridge now because it's not done. I guess we'll be going back to the, whatever, the 2010 census, uh, you know, staying where we're at. We'll talk with them about that and some of the larger issues in the state and, for that matter, the federal government. I wanted to talk about this um, governance board, the Disinformation Governance Board, um, announced by Mayorkas the other day. And it was of quite a lot of concern to folks because while Jen Psaki tried to walk it back and say, well, this was a this was some work that was going on in the Trump administration. Yeah, the work was about uh, foreign hackers getting into our business. Totally different than what he's talking about, because uh it um, it really goes into looking into what Americans are saying uh, online on social media and others, and apparently it's now 1984 again. We're back to the future, and um, George Orwell is alive and well. I actually think Animal Farm, uh, George Orwell's other book, may be more apropos to what's going on now in terms it's of authoritarianism. But uh, uh, let's let's listen to Jen Psaki. Uh, Let's do number one, if you will. Let's play uh, that clip from Jen Psaki, uh, Max. This is Jen Psaki, who, because she's so lost in the fog of authoritarianism, neoliberalism, and what is an, an overwhelmingly blind spot, um, just that pervades the whole left in this country, she just doesn't see a problem with it. Take a listen. Um, she had previously called the Hunter Biden laptop a, a Trump campaign product, um, seeming to discredit its validity or <clears throat> validity of reporting surrounding that. Um, how can can you assuage concerns of people who are looking at this person who's been appointed to this position and wondering if she's going to be able to accurately judge misinformation now that a lot of that reporting has been uh, proven to be factual in some ways. Well, I don't have any comments on the laptop, but what I can tell you is that it sounds like the objective of the board is to prevent disinformation and misinformation from traveling around the country in a range of communities. I'm not sure who opposes that effort. Okay, so Jen Psaki was asked by a reporter, hey, what about this gal, Nina Jankowitz, who's scheduled to lead the Department of Homeland Security's Disinformation Governance Board, announced by Alejandro Mayorkas on Wednesday and Thursday. And, you, you know, this person has a checkered past. I mean, during the debates between uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden in the 2020 campaign, she was live tweeting about the 51 security you know, experts and five ex-CIA officials and so forth that were saying that the Hunter laptop thing is just a, that's just a Trump campaign uh, fabrication. It's nothing but that. And it has to do with the Russians too, the Russians in the Trump campaign. She was live tweeting that. She comes from the Wilson, I assume that's the Woodrow Wilson uh, Center for uh, the nonpartisan uh, in many reports. Yeah, right. Woodrow Wilson was the the ushered in the progressive era. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And she she's a misinformation expert, don't you know? That's interesting. Right there. If someone that would be willing to be called a misinformation expert, they need a vitamin. You know what, Max? I think, you know, other shows have tea search and coffee cups and other mm -hmm. things. Yeah. We ought to have a vitamin line. Vitamin H for humility, right? 
Um, we ought to give discount coupons to ophthalmologists. I know a good one. You know, I mean, uh, you know, we've got s- several good ophthalmologists in the area. Uh, and we could uh, give out coupons for eye exams because they have eye disease, many of these people. I like it. But um, uh, so someone who thinks that they can d- discern what is misinformation and what isn't, someone who thought that the Hunter laptop thing was just a big ruse when it was actually very, very true and could have flipped the election, um, someone who then dresses up in a red dress and imitates Mary Poppins saying this about how you should vote. Take a listen to this. This is the new head of the Department of Homeland Security, highly weaponized department, by the way, the uh, Disinformation Governance Board head. Take a listen. When a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet, so disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo when we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. Oh, information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a hamster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So yes, information's origin seems slightly less atrocious. <laughs> Okay. Oh, my Lord. That that may be, I don't know whether management may throw us off the air for wasting, uh, you know, what, 60 seconds on something. And it was actually sort of cute. And actually, she did a good job of, you know, her, her inner Julie Andrews came it's out. It's a tough to song. And I have to say, of course, I love Mary Poppins. I mean, Julie Andrews yeah. is iconic in, as Mary Poppins. But again, this doesn't this illustrate the blind spot that, the Democrats and the left have. She's ta- It's hard to hide a little, little lie. It's hard to hide a little, little lie. Well, okay, Jim Jordan had some questions when he was uh, discussing this with Alejandro Mayorkas the other day. That's clip two. Um, you know, he was just asking about, well, let's talk about lies. Let's talk about disinformation, Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, Mr. Secretary, uh, yesterday you announced the formation of Disinformation Governance Board at DHS. You put out a bulletin two months ago, a big fancy bulletin here, red, white, and blue. You said that misleading narratives, mis- dis- and malinformation, MDM as you call it, misleading narratives undermine the trust in government. I was just wondering, uh, when the head of the CDC, Ms. Walensky, said that the vaccinated can't get the virus, did that undermine trust in government? Um, when the highest paid official in our government, the smartest man on the planet, Dr. Fauci, when he said the virus didn't come from a lab, did that undermine trust in government? And will that be something that this governing board will look at? How about how about this one? How about when 51 former intel officials told us that the Hunter Biden story was had all the earmarks of Russian misinformation? Will that be something that this governance board that you just formed, will you be looking into that? Uh, Congressman, um, the disinformation board uh, addresses a disinformation that imperils the safety um, uh, and security uh, of our homeland. And one of the primary areas that we are focused on is the dissemination of disinformation and its potential connection. But that's not what your bulletin talked about. Uh, the gentleman's time and the gentleman- about COVID. The gentleman's time has expired. The wit- I am permitting the witness to answer the question. But the gentleman can say nothing now. It's oh, witnesses. Let me know. Privilege to answer the gentleman's question. Yeah, and Continue it's uh, your answer. and it's connectivity to violence. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Ah, so 
the grown-up munchkin from the Wizard of Oz, Jerry Nadler, because that's exactly what he appears to be, uh, he doesn't have any problem squelching and shutting down talk, does he? Funny, Hakeem Jeffries, if you were listening in the first hour, he doesn't have a problem shutting down talk either. The Democrats have no problems just telling Republicans who call out the like Nina Jankowitz and the whole notion of a of a of a disinformation governance board who who will shut you down they will monitor they will sanction you if you say something that they deem dis, disinformation Hakeem Jeffries said it uh, when he was asked something take a listen to this uh, Mr. Paoletta you've echoed a similar sentiment. I think your quote is, many on the left hate Justice Thomas because he is a black conservative who has never bowed to those who demand that he must think a certain way because of the color of his skin. What evidence do you have to support that uh, incendiary charge? Uh, When Chairman uh, Benny Thompson calls him an Uncle Tom because of his views on voter ID and affirmative action, when in fact more black Americans support voter ID and with respect to affirmative action in college education, they're 62% opposed to it. So, so that is the most vile, disgusting thing you can say. And, and, and so, yes, that's the evidence Reclaiming my time. Yes. There are a lot of vile, disgusting things that can well, be Well, you just said. asked me for an example. The, the notion that that is, right, when some members on this side of the aisle and others have been called the N-word throughout different points of our life belies uh, the point that you have a particular bias uh, and it's an overstatement, which is not surprising when you look at the balance of your testimony. And if Chairman Benny Thompson uh, has an observation to make, uh, he's entitled to free speech. You apparently believe that Jenny Thomas, regardless of how many conflicts uh, she has, is entitled to her own political opinions uh, as well. Uh, Can I give you another example? No. Ah, no. No. Jerry Nadler to Jim Jordan. Shut up. Up. Oh, shut up. Hakeem Jeffries to to um, this witness talking about uh, Justice Thomas recusing himself because of his wife Ginny's political activism. No. It's very, very concerning, ladies and gentlemen, when they weaponize the government to shut us down. And the Jedi are returning. Elon Musk, through his very clever and cute ways of communicating through now his platform, and yes... Can he abuse it? Certainly. Will he abuse it? Not by anyone's definition that recognizes the sacred principle of the First Amendment. He has every right to say whatever he wants. He has every right, as he said, to let people that he doesn't like say things they don't that he doesn't like. Things that don't people that don't like him can say things that he doesn't like. And he said it out front. AOC, if you didn't catch it. AOC, <laughs> I posted on the Randy Tobler Show uh, prep page, and she posted. I'm going to read it to you here. It's fantastic. My wife uh, saw this late last night. AOC posts on Twitter, tired of having to collectively stress about what explosion of hate crimes is happening because some billionaire with an ego problem unilaterally controls a massive communication platform and skews it because Tucker Carlson or Peter Thiel took him to dinner and made him feel special. (laughs) Musk tweets back, replies, stop hitting on me. I'm really shy. (laughs) Oh, baby, this is going to be fun. This this is going to be rich. (laughs) 
Now, I don't have a problem. You know, the government has always been aware of and alerted Americans to propaganda. I mean, you know, back in Vietnam, what was it? Hanoi, uh, what was her name? And in the war, uh, remember, there were the Chinese uh, and the uh, Jap- the Japanese had, um, you know, the propagandists over there. And, and we were made aware of that. Americans were made aware of it. Now, of course, with the discredited intelligence agencies that we now have, where they go after a uh, presidential campaign, and when they go after the sitting president who wins that campaign and, and spends four years... Yeah, there was Hanoi Hannah, remember? Okay, we knew propaganda when we saw it. And we knew when there were when there were claims that uh, Trump was in St. Petersburg with, uh, remember the golden showers? Remember the golden showers with the prostitutes, you know, tinkling on him, right? We knew that was propaganda. I mean, you know that. And, and you know when people are saying that Nancy Pelosi is running a, a pedophile ring in a pizza parlor in Indiana. Yeah, I think most of us will say, sorry. Anyone who's espousing that, you may be a friend of mine and I may like playing poker with you or playing a little, uh, you know, um, croquet out in the backyard. Sorry, take off your, uh, you know, your foil hat. Wait a minute. Are you saying Pizzagate's not real? Oh, I'm sorry. I've... I've I've done a deep investigation of the of the Tucker Carlson variety. No, in that case, it would be true. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I think Americans have the right and the insight and the keen intellect uh, and the common sense to discern the, the, the truth from the false. Right. And if you listen to the show. Well, we're truth warriors, so you keep it here and we'll try to keep it honest, you know. And uh, we always try to do that. We try to seek out the truth. And I think that going forward, it's important in this election cycle and on to the 24 election cycle that we police ourselves. And that will give us even more credibility to smack down against any effort, any talk of any effort, any thought of any effort on the left to muzzle us. Or to monitor our thoughts. I do have the Tulsi sound ready to go if you wanted to. Let's uh, play Tulsi Gabbard because I'm telling you, Tulsi, the last time I checked, she was for national health care. Other than that, I'm beginning to think, man, a Tulsi Gabbard Christie Gnome ticket would be pretty, pretty good. Tulsi Gabbard, Tim Scott, Tulsi DeSantis Gabbard. Gabbard, man, I like the way she talks. Listen. How do you feel about the Ministry of Truth? Uh, this is the kind of thing that you see in dictatorship, this ministry of t- truth, this department of propaganda that the Biden administration has just stood up. And the reason why you see this in dictatorships is because they're afraid of us. They're afraid of the people. They're afraid that we might actually think for ourselves. And so now they've created this this body that will do two things. Number one, it'll use taxpayer dollars to uh, work through the mainstream media and flood the airwaves with whatever their propaganda narrative is that they're pushing at any given time and try to drown out anyone with alternate views. And number two, they will silence dissenting voices uh, through intimidation. Uh, This is, I think the thing to recognize with this, just real quick, is that this isn't something new. This is something that they have already been doing that's happened 
happening right now. The, the only difference is they're formalizing it, making it official, which if there's a silver lining in this, it is they're revealing exactly who they are and why they're doing it, what they're trying to accomplish. And it allows us, the American people, to stand up and say, hey, you know what? We're not going to let you get away with this crap. We will take a stand. We will reject it. Mm -hmm. And we will throw out of office those who are continuing to uh, push and propagate this undemocratic anti-free speech mission. Very, very well said. And I don't know, there's a certain uh, gravitas, a certain calm, cool, collected, but firm that I like about Gabbard's delivery. Man, if she runs with, uh, I don't know if there's a, a really a reasonable Democrat in the wings uh, running for 24. It can't be Biden. I think they're abandoning him as we speak. Um, she could be a she could be a force to reckon with. And I don't know what, why she's on Tucker all the time, why she's on Fox, if she's trying to woo moderate uh, Republicans or if she's thinking of jumping ship at the right time. I'm going to keep our eye on her. We're going to have to see what happens. When we come back, though... Um, some fun with Joe Biden. Every week we have to have some fun with Uncle Joe. Uh, and we'll do that when we come back here on the Randy Tober Show. 314-912-1019. It's News Talk STL 1019-941. Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer on News Talk STL. Well, every week we like to have a little fun uh, because uh, the fun we're having is both substantive this week because the return of the um, conservative Jedi is, uh, I think, arising. There's an awakening, and I think there's a realization that, um, yes, uh, the pendulum is beginning to swing the other way. Uh, the The muzzling of conservative speech seems to be unmuzzled on Twitter as Elon Musk takes over. Uh, but the other fun we like to have is, uh, oh, Maybe finding a clip or two. We have to search long and hard, long and hard. I have to spend the midnight oil finding that elusive clip of Joe Biden stumbling and fumbling. I finally found one, though, Max, and I sent it over to you. Maybe you can pick that out and play that. Here's the gaftastic president of the our United States. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah kleptocracy and clep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> but these are bad guys. This legislative package strengthens our law enforcement capabilities. Well, I'm rambling, rambling, rambling. I'm a rambling guy. <laughs> Every week we have to have our rambling Joe segment. Wow. Rambling, rambling. <laughs> It'd be funny if it wasn't so sad. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. You know, I, I had that debate on the Columbia show the other day. We were we were talking about it. It's it's a recurring theme. Like I had, we were talking with a guest who actually said they felt sorry for uh, for Joe Biden, and I said I can't feel sorry for the guy. I mean, he has moments of lucidity. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's no excuse. Uh, well, he and should it's know tough better. to feel sorry for him when he's making policy and and, and yeah. what he's doing is affecting people's lives. Well, I'm not sorry for him. I'm angry at him. I mean, he should know better and step aside and let people. Of course, yes. would it be any different with the current bench in the Democrat Party? It has gone so far left. I don't know that it would really matter. I mean, I don't know that he's making decisions anyway. I think they're being made for him and fed to him. And he then is just he, he's supposed to be the mouthpiece for them, but not <laughs> not a very good spokesperson. I think we've all agreed over the past, what, four or five months, I think 
everyone on both sides of the aisle have agreed that the Democrats cannot possibly run Joe next election right. cycle, that they are distancing themselves from him right now, that Kamala has pretty much been MIA, and I think that's yeah. by design. But let's say that we're all wrong. Let's say that they actually do run Uncle Joe. How oh, is that going to look? I can't even oh. imagine. I it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, it's almost you have to enjoy this as a movie critic because you see lots of interesting, creative plots. And oh, of I mean, course. a lot of creativity. What if you were going to write a narrative? Think about it, folks. Three one four nine one two one zero one nine. If you were sitting in the Democrat National Committee chair and you're trying to figure out how do we thread this needle? We have a sitting president who mm-hmm. is a buffoon who can't speak his way out of a paper bag. And we have a Kamala Harris who, frankly, we just played that Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard just cleaned her clock in the debates, in my it opinion. It is Remember time when, for when us Tulsi- to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Yeah. And remember when Tulsi Gabbard really called her out and I think really owned her in the debate. There was no doubt about that. Um, I, I, I just you don't have anyone in the sitting in the wings to, to take over. Well, if How I was writing you... this, if I was writing this yeah. as a screenplay and we had what would course, you do? Well, I would have Dr. Randy Tobler as a character doing a radio show. And during that show, none other than Chris Arps would call in to be ah. a guest. That's why. Okay, there you go. I was hoping, Chris. I I asked Chris. uh, Hey, Chris Arps from the Tim Jones and Chris Arps show. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. You know, we planned this. We probably should tell this instead of making this seem like it was, uh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's because we are the arbiters of truth. We do not deceive, unlike the left. We are absolutely transparent and arbiters of the truth. But I know that you're traveling and, you know, how those things go sometimes. I'm glad you could. Hey, I want to play this Hakeem Jeffries clip because – as someone who I'm sure has caught your your uh, share of holy hell for being a black conservative, um, yes. I just wanted to see how this resonated with you and then go on to talk about the disinformation board because I'm very, very, very concerned about that. Take a listen to Hakeem Jeffries yesterday. Uh, Mr. Paoletta, you've echoed a similar sentiment. I think your quote is, many on the left hate Justice Thomas because he is a black conservative who has never bowed to those who demand that he must think a certain way because of the color of his skin. What evidence do you have to support that uh, incendiary charge? Uh, When Chairman uh, Benny Thompson calls him an Uncle Tom because of his views on voter ID and affirmative action, when in fact more black Americans support voter ID and with respect to affirmative action in college education, they're 62 percent opposed to it. So so that is the most vile, disgusting thing you can say. And and, and so, yes, that's the evidence. Reclaiming my time. Yes. There are a lot of vile, disgusting things that can. Well, be you just said. asked me for an example. The, the notion that that is right when some members on this side of the aisle and others have been called the N-word throughout different points of our life belies uh, the point that you have a particular bias. Uh, And it's an overstatement, which is not surprising when you look at the balance of your testimony. And if Chairman Benny Thompson uh, has an observation to make, uh, he's entitled to free speech. You apparently believe that Jenny Thomas, regardless of how many conflicts uh, she has, is entitled to her own political opinions uh, as well. Uh, Can I give you another example? No. 
<laughs> Chris, how condescending and arrogant of Hakeem Jeffries to just dismissively say no. But what about the dodge going from the very solid evidence that the witness gave as to the whole notion of this, this Uncle Tomism um, and how discredited it should be. Uh, and then going on to being, you know, well, I was called the N-word. I mean, that's a logical fallacy. It, it, it carries no weight. What's your reaction to that? You know what? I have to say that I'm really surprised that Representative Jeffries painted himself in a corner like that, Dr. Tobler. He's an attorney. And I think one of the things that they teach you in law school is never ask a question that you don't know the answer of. And he obviously uh, was very embarrassed about that. But we see this time and time again, the African-American left, that if you do not agree with their views and if you don't adhere to 50-year-old uh, views that have shown that have taken the American the African-American community backwards, if you don't adhere to that, then you're not part of the team and you're an Uncle Tom and you're ostracized. We have had 50 years of, of, of the New Deal LBJ programs, and we see the result of them to our community. We have not gone forward. We've actually gone backwards. And, and I think what's interesting, too, is the left seems to be totally blind to how ineffective their policies have been. And now they must be blind to the polls, Chris, that show the latest one I saw show African-American support and approval for Joe Biden. And I think by extension policies, I saw one that was like 63 percent, 65 percent, which to my recall is is quite low historically. I mean, maybe the lowest that I can remember. What, what do you think? Um, that is very historically low. I mean, any Democrat can can always count on 90 to 95 percent of the black vote. And for Joe Biden to be down to the 66 percent shows that not only are African-Americans or not only are regular Americans uh, disgruntled with his policies, but also African-Americans who are one of the most uh, reliable parts of the Democratic Democratic base. I'm sorry, what do you I think about here. No, no. Hey, listen. I, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you about <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the, sure. the 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 disinformation governance board. This is oh a really God. chilling um, weaponization of government authority. I mean, the the DHS is a powerful and and literally weaponized agency. And to be thinking that this gal, who's an, a, a political hack from the left, is going to be the head of it, uh, is this? Do, do you see more muzzling and monitoring and Orwellian uh, behavior on the part of the government against anyone who disagrees with their narrative? Well, what I actually think was going to happen, I think this is going to cause such a controversy that I actually think this board is not going to happen or they're going to find someone who is a lot more reasonable, quote unquote, to head this. The most surprising thing about Nina Jankowitz, who's supposed to head this disinformation board, is one, she's the one that said that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation. And she also said that the Russian collusion story regarding Donald Trump was true. And this yeah. is the person that they're going to put in charge of the of the disinformation board. It's a joke. Yeah. And, and finally, um, we played it earlier. We won't play it again and waste uh, waste your time. But uh, Joe Biden, you know, basically telegraphed yesterday in a, in a press conference that he will be ushering in some kind. He said in the next two weeks, you know, I'll be letting you know about student loan forgiveness. Is this a Hail Mary that's going to fall flat and end up on the ground and no one's going to catch it? I mean, or, or is this going to maybe have some traction among middle class voters in an inflationary environment who are either supporting their kids or working extra jobs to support their kids, maybe paying off their loans from, you know, graduation a couple of years ago or newly graduated students that are looking at loans. I mean, do you think that'll buy some votes or is that base already solidified? 
Look, Joe Biden has been promising student loan forgiveness since the campaign. Um, he's a year and a half in, and we still have not uh, seen this. Um, he's saying he's looking at it, but I don't think anything is definite. And the big thing about this is the constitutionality of it. Can the president of the United States just unilaterally wipe out student debt? I don't think he can do that, and I think they know that. And I think that's why they're just keeping this issue open to try to placate the AOC um, left wing of their base. But I don't think this is going to happen, Dr. Tobin. Yeah, you you read my mind. And, and as I think about it, while he maybe would get some people in the middle who are sort of squishy and independent and, you know, Democrat this cycle and Republican next, whatever. On the other hand, those of us who worked extra jobs from the time yeah. for our own loans all the way for through our kids time to try to reduce or eliminate any indebtedness they may have. Uh, boy, there's going to be a, a lot of resentment, I think, from people that didn't get any forgiveness. Should it happen for current debtors, don't you? Big time. I think they'll get a little bump from the millennials and the really left-wing people. But I think everyone else who did what you did, and like my parents did, worked two jobs, did work study to put themselves through college, they're going to see that this is not fair. And ultimately, um, the, the satisfaction that you get from a college degree is the sacrifices that you had to make to attain it. For it to just be given it to you, to me, takes a little bit of the value away from it. I'll tell you, man, when it comes to traditional values, uh, conservative first principles and the exposition of them, there is none better than Chris Arps, my good friend and co-host of the... I'm, I'm not kidding you, man. I just am um, really, I love when we talk because you just lay it out there so smoothly. Hey, have a, have a great trip wherever you're traveling to, okay? Be safe. We're, go- we're going to uh, the House of Satan, Disney World, so pray for me. Oh, say it ain't so. Are you going to come back wearing a dress and high heels? Come on. I am not. Look, my niece's 10th birthday is occurring, so this is something we do, or they do for them. So uh, this was, trip was planned out a year ago. <laughs> All right. Have fun. Say hi to Mickey and Minnie. Uh, you won't, but however hey, they identify when you're down there. Yeah, okay, we'll exactly. see you. <laughs> Take care. There he is, Chris Arps. When we come back, we'll ask Virginia Cruda about some of the topics of the day. <laughs> From the Daily Wire, of course. Our regular visit with the Virginia Cruda here on News Talk STL 1019-941, the Randy Tobler Show. Glad you're here. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy and club, the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> but these are bad guys. This legislative package strengthens our law enforcement capabilities. Well, I'm rambling, rambling round. I'm a rambling guy. Well, I'm rambling, 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 Well, there is, uh, welcome back to the program, 744. Uh, there is Nina Jankowicz. She is your new overlord of information. She will be the head of the Disinformation Governance Board announced by Alejandro Mayorkas the other day, the DHS secretary. And um, it's, it's good to know. Uh, that we have someone making sure that we are only exposed to the truth on all communications in these United States. And Virginia Cruda now joins us. I'm glad, aren't you, Virginia, that um, Nina, 
who's absolutely objective and nonpartisan will be looking over the things you write on the Daily Wire and I say <laughs> and Max says here. Isn't it good to know that we have someone looking out for us so our listeners and readers are only getting the truth? Aren't you glad about that? You know, I I got to say, I agree with Greg Gutfeld on this one. Um, he said that I think that anyone who plays that on the air is opening them up opening opening themselves up to a class action lawsuit from their listeners. <laughs> she does a pretty good job though of channeling Julie Andrews. I have to say from a performance perspective, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. No, no. Um, <laughs> although although when you take when you take into consider into consideration what she's singing about Again, I'm going to have to go with Gutfeld, who said his ears wanted to commit suicide after listening. Are you <laughs> are you canceling us, Virginia Cruda? Say it ain't so. No, I am, I am not canceling you. No, I just. I, I, but but the real thing, you know, we laugh about it because we have to. Because the real concern is not whether or not she makes a, a you know she has a nice voice or she's a good performer. The question is, what is she? You know, you're, you're couching. <laughs> something very, very dangerous in an attractive performance. You know, this, this is, and uh, Joey Jones was talking about this yesterday on the, on the Faulkner focus. I would be concerned with a similar uh, governance board, regardless of the party of the president creating it. Okay. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yes. matter that, that she is, a left-leaning partisan. It doesn't matter that the president who is behind this apparently is a Democrat. It matters that somebody thinks it's okay to tell you what speech is okay and what isn't. Because the beauty mm -hmm. of free speech is that the minute you infringe on it, it ain't free anymore. That's you're right. Th there is no there is no free speech except you know free expression except. No, and people will tell you, you know, oh, well, you can't say fire in a crowded theater. Well, sure you can if it's on fire. Right, right. And right. and if it's not on fire, you're not in trouble for what you say. You're in trouble for what the results are of what you say. So mm -hmm. you can. You can go into a crowded theater and yell fire even if there isn't a fire. But you're not absolved of the responsibility for any damage that yes. your words cause. And I, yeah, which, I, and I think which that there's a difference me... between accountability and and freedom, because right. when you have freedom, when you have the liberty to say what you want, you are also accountable for what you say. Which 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 um, resonates with the whole argument about Section 230 and how that mm -hmm. needs to be looked at very seriously. And hopefully, right. if the legis if the Congress changes uh, political stripes. Hopefully that'll be um, tuned up a little bit. It needs to be tuned up. These these uh, sites have become publishers, and they should be, uh, you know, yeah. they shouldn't get the free pass that Section 230 gives them, the way they run well, the business what, anyway. What I would like to see, and this is going to be interesting going into into the midterms. Um, one, I, I think that it's it's very likely that somebody is going to file suit over this governance board. There, there's going to be somebody who files a lawsuit over this, and I would like to see how the Supreme Court handles it. I think the court that we have will strike it down if it gets there. I think that if Republicans take control of Congress, which is looking more and more likely by the day, I think that if Republicans take control of Congress in November, that we should be looking for the first thing for them to do is to get rid of this governance board or do whatever they can to fight it or 
you know, um, and evaluate Section 230 right. at the same time. I think that all yeah. of those things should happen. Um, but the real question is going to be if this governance board is still in existence, 2024 should be a referendum of that. Because if you don't have the freedom to speak, you know, we talked about the Second Amendment being the amendment that gives peace to the rest of to the rest of our rights. You know, you can't defend your right if you can't if you can't have the freedom to defend yourself. Right. And so but the the underlying that free speech is so fundamental to everything that we believe in as Americans that I don't see how they can't fight this. Well, the founders were smart in giving us two ways to defend ourselves against tyranny. One right. was through the, the the free marketplace of ideas mm-hmm. um, so that we could we could express our opposition. And if despite that free marketplace of ideas, the government insisted on becoming tyrannical. There was a physical means of defending ourselves. I mean, it was pretty much right. a one-two punch, right? It was an escalatory uh, exactly. bill of rights, and you know, in that order. And I agree with you. Take a listen to what you're, but and I want you to do a little psychoanalysis on the left because I continue to wonder: Do they know better? When they keep going to the same old tropes of racism and, oh, you know, they now suddenly with Elon Musk, you know, it's not free speech anymore because it wasn't free speech before. Are they blind to the reality of their hypocrisy or do they know better, but they're desperate? And after you listen to this Joy Reid clip talking about Elon Musk, I'd like your psychoanalysis on what's going on on the left. They don't want to just be in the club. They're, they, they are on the, you know, they've been described as being on the outside of the culture looking in through the glass. But they don't just want to come in. They want to come in and be able to punch people in the face and walk around and laugh about it and yes. not have anyone be able to stop them. The, the thing is, the, the enjoyment they get out of being in this town square is being able to harass people, being able to attack people. There was a time when people had the double hashtags around their names because they were Jewish and right wingers were saying, get in the oven anytime you made any benign comment on Twitter. They attacked women. You know, the misogyny was crazy on Twitter for a while. Elon Musk, I guess he, you know, he misses the old South Africa in the 80s. He wants he wants that back. So so I've been I've had death threats against me online and otherwise and in Twitter. I've had um, I've been called vermin. I've been called all kinds of things. I'm sure you have. And and, uh, why is it that it's okay? It's a one sided okay to call someone names. But if now it's an open marketplace for other people to call other people names um, without reference to partisanship, why is that suddenly not okay? Are they blind to it or do they know better and they're just ignoring it, Virginia? Well, and you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, um, AOC was complaining yesterday about the same thing, that there were going to be hate crimes everywhere because Elon Musk let people say what they want to on Twitter. Like, that that was her argument. And, and I just, I went on, uh, I made one appearance on Fox News in my entire life. It was on Fox and Friends. It was after I went to an AOC rally here in St. Louis just to kind of see what was going on, why everybody liked her so much. She was campaigning for Cori Bush. And I was on Fox News, and I was talking about the fact that socialists love to sell you a pretty picture, like free health care for your kids. And if you're a parent, that sounds attractive, right? Free education for your kids. Who doesn't want these things, right? But they stop short of telling you how they're going to pay for it. And then when you realize that they're paying for it by robbing other parents, it's not as attractive, you know, you don't. And so she her 
her followers doxed me, sent hate mail to my house, like mm. my physical address. And oh my god! And and they sent me threats in my. I I I rarely use Instagram and I at all, and I never used it for political purposes. And they were sending me threatening messages, threatening private messages in my Instagram. And I'm like, what? You know. I'm used to the the heat. I'm used to being kind of a lightning rod, and I don't care. It doesn't bother me personally, but at the same time, just the they're unwilling to see the attacks on people that disagree with them because they figure if you disagree with them, you deserve the attacks. I think that's really where we're at. Is that well, they've decided that-, that they're on the right side of history, and it it's okay to attack somebody who doesn't agree with you because they're wrong. Yeah, that's but that I mean, that just that reeks of hypocrisy of of, of a lack of self-awareness. I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, they've got a. I don't it's it's like delusionary. It's cult like behavior, Virginia. It's the only way I can. It it. is. And and I think that some of them and it's kind of like if you look at the Democratic Party and the issues that they're pushing, there are some people who are true believers that believe that government is actually the answer and they're going to get, and just one more program is going to be the one that solves poverty, that solves world, world hunger, that solves the gun control problem, whatever. There are people who actually believe that. And then there are people yeah. who know that it won't work and push it anyway because it is either politically or financially advantageous yeah. for them to yeah. do so. It's and crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Hey, well, listen, thanks for the time. Uh, by, by the way, I didn't know if you saw it, but you referenced AOC's tweet the other day mm-hmm. um, where she said she's stressed out about the explosion of hate crimes that's going to happen. And uh, just because a, a billionaire, you know, egocentric guy had had dinner with Tucker Carlson, Peter Thiel, referring to Musk, Musk simply yeah. tweeted back, stop hitting on me. Yep. I'm really shy. I'm going to love this going forward. He is really uh, having some fun yeah, with this. <laughs> you know, I and, and I love I love that. Not only is he a proponent of free speech, but that he understands how to use Twitter. I mean, yes, AOC's main advantage is that she knows how to leverage social media, mm-hmm. and she's met her she match. Just got into a cage with the best yeah. of the best. <laughs> she's met her match, Virginia Cruda. I hope everyone will stay in touch with you at VA Cruda, uh, folks. If you want to see that little Twitter exchange on uh, on uh, the Randy Tober Show page, I uh, posted it there. Hey, I love uh, everything you tweet about and everything you write about on Daily Wire, Virginia. Thanks for being with me. Thank you. There she is, Virginia Cruda. Boy, she got death threats. She got doxxed just because she was on Fox and Friends. Unbelievable. Hey, well, uh, when we come back uh, at the top of the hour, we're going to have some more fun. Hope you'll stay with us here on News Talk STL 101-941. My number is 314-912-1019 if you want to call. Law and Order, top of the hour. That's on my queue. Stay with us.